0: That's stamps.com. Code program.
1: All right, we're back with the Luke and Pete Shaw. I'm Petey Donaldson. <laughs> I think that they should start making films um, based on my IP. <laughs> Never mind your what Mickey Mouse and what your Winnie Pooh. Just make like,
2: this. Winnie the Pooh. Winnie Pooh. <laughs> Not Winnie Pooh. <laughs> <laughs> where so are, really? all the where are all the
1: other poos then? Where are all the other poos I don't actually know. Show what me what the I... village of poos. Think... Like, I'm presuming it's kind like the Ewok village where everyone's all fucking morose and eating honey.
2: Pathetic. I think that um, it's Winnie the Pooh because it's like a really posh. Character that you know that some part, like, A. A. Mill was presumably quite posh, right? Yeah, okay. and so like, Pooh Bear is. You can imagine yeah. like if you went to like a really upper middle class dinner party, you suddenly got invited mm. to one. Yeah, um, suspend your disbelief for a minute. Yeah, uh, me and Pete at one of those. You can just imagine like the the kind of really the most spoiled girl at the party her nickname that her parents gave her when she was a baby was Pooh. You can imagine it right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah I could see that, yeah. And
2: yeah. that's where it's come from, I think. I I I presume A A Milne, um was just posh basically
1: I mean look I mean you, you say that we would never be in, invited to any posh parties but I'll have you know that my um, first few days of uh, uh, at De Montfort University and ex-Polytechnic was exactly like the film uh, Saltburn so I very much spent a yeah. lot of time uh, a- a- among the, the the upper
2: classes the upper classes I mean you've got a bit um, of the character actor about you to be fair yeah 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 but I the just Barry I, but, kind of but vibe. I think
1: I'm yeah I've, I have brought me on Bathacom don't, don't oh, use your Pete. one
2: Pete Delicious. Come on! What we can't start the week like of what? What's um? What's the poshest party you've ever been to? There's a question for you. Oh, um,
1: a a house, a townhouse in um, uh, near Abbey Road, um, where there were a lot of just plates of cocaine out like that. Yeah. That was that was like that. I was like they don't usually just have that around <laughs> I <was> like, <laughs> Who's you, you, you guys must be well off people's houses I don't know about yeah. you I don't, no, what? I don't oh. leave
2: I don't leave I don't leave plates of course. cost of around. living crisis you're joking are you <laughs> cheaper than petrol probably yeah might yeah. be I, mm. but the most the poshest event I've ever been to was I was an usher at a wedding once mm. well, the wedding has since uh, dissolved uh, the marriage sorry has since dissolved um, where it was a massive stately home owned by... Do you know the Fox Pitt family? Uh, no. Is it anything to do with Pitt, Pitt the Elder? <laughs> or, so the um, Fox Pitt Fox. families, they're like all equestrians, I think. Right, okay. Um, so you've got William Fox Pitt, who was... Um, I think he won the you know, won Olympic medals. and in That's interesting, because
1: both of those names would startle a horse. A pit. The Fox. And the
2: Fox, yeah. yeah. So he's against the odds, he's triumphed there. Against the odds. In a life of great hardship. Said, yeah. And he's fought against the odds. Anyway, <laughs> the, the people who got married had money. Uh, I think one of them's, um, were one of them, I, I just knew them because I, I worked briefly with the husband. Yeah. And um, uh, the, I think the wife had a father who owned an airline, maybe. Okay. Right. And so they, had, they basically had money. And yeah. it was, this massive stately home, where everyone stayed on the grounds, um, it was it was pretty it was pretty good to be fair. Uh, the only thing that was we rained it rained all day, mm. which was a bit of a shame. But um, that's probably the, um, the the poshest place I've been to, um, barring the obvious, which I won't divulge on here because I'm not allowed to. Uh, the the um, The other thing was there wasn't well any that cocaine. island from
1: that financiers <laughs>
2: <laughs> that, no, that is fucking out he's of the list. Darson.
1: Luke's on the list. Luke's that is, on the list. I knew this day Rubated. would come. I knew you were going to do this. I knew
2: you were going to do this bit. I saw you have it written down your notepad about three years ago. I thought one day going would do that. Luke's bit. on the list. Uh, is Luke on the that list? That's the that's the title shot. Is Luke on the list? Stop <laughs> deflecting from you hanging out at parties. <laughs> Name one person that was at that party you're at. Uh, no. <laughs> No, Absolute I don't. To be girl. honest, there wasn't any. There wasn't anybody
1: anyone would know, really. I suppose, but yeah, well, I was just like, we... this is this is posh, and they and they had like parts of the house that they had like sort of um, sort of gates, so they could gate off parts of the house. Which like is in Johannesburg,
2: remember in Johannesburg they had that.
1: Yes, they did. Yeah, I, I guess posh houses probably need that. That's suppose. for I bet there was a safe room. I bet there was a safe room. Yeah. with loads of course. I'm trying to buy Even a safe at the cork. moment. You're trying to buy a safe. Yeah. Talk to me about this safe, looking Mill. What, you know what, what are you going to keep in there? Documents.
2: Yeah, but what you like to know. <laughs> um, the um the, the the fact of the matter is, I want to. I'm a, obviously my dad now, so I want to mm. make sure that I keep things secure. It's a dad right. instinct. Yeah. The, 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 do you know what stopped me buying a safe so far? Right. Is I keep seeing every single one I look at, I see the reviews in which some presume it's obviously a man. Yeah. Has reviewed saying, "Oh, the um." The walls of this safe aren't that solid. I could have break. I could break through that pretty easily, actually. <laughs> three three stars out of five. And I'm like, well, I'm not yeah. going to buy it now. That's well, if you, put like, well, if you put
1: like? Surely, like a floor safe is safer. Just drill a hole, get a bit of cement down, bang it in there. That's what we I'm the not making
2: shops. my own. I live on the first floor. No, but you just you
1: just. <laughs> all right. Well, don't do that then. Um, yeah. But submerge submerged Submerge a safe uh, that's designed to be in the floor. Pop it in. This is there. way out of my comfort zone. But just I can't dig a, do that. Dig a hole in the garden, put a bit of cement down, and then just get just get a little safe in there. Yeah, lovely. No, I no. just want to buy a safe that I put
2: in the cupboard. But then, what if someone picks it up and runs off with it under their arm? I want like to buy one with a. I want to buy one with a fingerprint on it.
1: I want to buy. Yeah, well, they're less safe though, aren't they? Anything that's got fingerprints or Wi-Fi access is just you know just in a situation where. It's just Surely a Surely the fingerprint is the most
2: safe thing given I'm the only person who's ever lived with this fingerprint. Because if you add. Just get one with a decent lock on it. Just get it's one has got a decent lock, it's lock, just it? by finger- Right, tell me. Answer me this objectively now. Right. right? What is safer? My personal fingerprint. Or a pin number.
1: I guarantee. Watch any of the lockpick and lawyer on YouTube. Most of these kind of newfangled safes with Wi-Fi access, with fingerprint access, they're just not as safe because they've just been built cheaply with cheap Chinese sort of electronics on top of it as a kind of security layer. And it's just, it's just what not would working you out.
2: What would you do? Um, just give a stuff to the f- to a friend, <laughs> family friend. <laughs> Put it behind a painting on the wall. Exactly. That's what I want to
1: do. Put it under, like, put it under. Just, just create a series of um, wall cavity um, passages, passage a treasure hump. So you can run around and you can look out the eyeballs of um, some of the paintings. That'd be good. Around,
2: yeah. Given the fact that I live in like quite a closed-in Victorian maisonette in Again, South London, yeah, I can't go through the wall. I can't go through the floor. Mm. What would you do? Uh well, that's what I mean. Yeah, because you
1: can't really. I mean, you would have to. Basically, anything like that, I think is just you just got to slow them down, isn't it.
2: That's you're what I'm ju- saying.
1: You're just slowing people down, exactly. So just make it an awkward shape.
2: <laughs> <laughs> grease no, it. What? Put it in a carrier bag covered in grease. My my reasoning is, if someone broke you know, heaven forbid, if someone broke yeah. into my home mm. and they wanted to make off with stuff, a burglary is basically a quick crime, right? They yeah. don't want to be hanging yeah. around. They just
1: want to be in and out, don't they? So they just if there's something
2: yeah. in a safe in a cupboard somewhere, they're not going to bother with it. I don't know what people... St- they don't steal
1: tellies anymore. What do people steal? Laptops, phones. That's well, about
2: it, really, isn't it? I knew someone who turned out to be a house burglar. Right. Right. And uh, this is back where I grew up. Mm. And he was in and out of jail for it. And I didn't actually know what he was in and out of jail for at the time. I, right. Years later, I found out. I, ch- I chatted to him. And he's he's a reformed character now anyway. Mm. But he said that what they used to do... is it, it, you know, it's, it's one of those crimes, home burglary... Which is far far worse than I think society get, gives it credit for. Right. I've had my house burgled once when I was in it. Um, I was asleep in the bedroom with my then girlfriend, and someone broke into the living room, stole all the stuff. It was fucking awful. Mm. It was such a violation of like safety. It was far far more impactful than just the possessions that are taken. It's a terrible yeah. terrible yeah. crime. Yeah. And I don't think I don't think because the you know because the law, you know, the justice system is like, it's absolute arse in this country, and that's a whole other conversation. It's so underfunded for so long, because basically people know the price of everything and the value of nothing. If you say to an average Joe on the street who's maybe leaning a little bit right towards um, the conservatives, for example they 'll say things like, "Oh yeah, I want to be tough on crime, I want to be law and order and stuff but they don 't want to pay for it they don 't right. want to underst- they don 't want to say yes we 'll be tough on crime, but actually it 's going to cost you x amount more in tax to have a functioning justice system because that is valuable. That is a cornerstone of democracy. They just go, well, we're just, just going to slash costs. So basically, you get people now who are victims of terrible crimes. You have to wait two years for a court case. It's mm. wild, right? Yeah. Anyway, so the, the justice system doesn't properly, in my view, understand how much of a violation of home burglary is. So I'm not making light of it. I've been a victim of it before. But... For and the... that would
1: surely impact in like the NHS, you know, um, uh, mental health care and stuff like that. Massively. that, that like, I could send people through a bloody loop.
2: The girlfriend I had at the time uh, mm. one of the biggest um, I'm not going to fucking you know, betray our confidence mm. but just in general terms the biggest upshot of the whole thing was that they didn't want to live in the house anymore. Yeah. They yeah. still want to be there. Yeah. Like, for, for months afterwards mm. we couldn't afford to move. It was yeah. terrible. Anyway yeah. I was just going to say as, as a point of interest you asked the question what they do. The guy I know his thing was he would um, case a house he would wait for them know the pattern know they were going to be out he would get in through a window or whatever, and they would lay a massive blanket or bedsheet out in the middle of the floor of the living room. Yes,
1: right? yeah, yeah. Just to everything they could yep. in
2: that. Get it over their shoulder, get out again, and then later mm. on assess what they had. That's basically what he. And he used yeah, to do yeah, houses yeah. over and over again. Like he he used to do not obviously the same house; that'd be mental. But he used, <laughs> he used to do different houses over and over again. And and that's basically, as far as I know, how they used to do it in terms of um the proper cat burglar and stuff that do it when people are on holiday, like the Home Alone type thing. I don't know how that works but mm. it's it's an awful awful thing anyway.
1: Yeah. Well, look where, don't do where it, were kids. we going with that don't, don't, don't rob houses for crying out loud no, no, well I, I hope you find a safe to... that works for you but I'm just saying go old school don't piss about with this new kind of wifi
2: but the problem is the old school ones are so heavy I wonder I can't get it upstairs mm, that's, not, that's not your issue though is it well it is we're getting it in <laughs> We've, we've carried heavy things through your house before. I think we've killed that man. Yeah, we have. We have, actually. That, that's another story. Not related to home burglary, I might add. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I, I just feel like you could be helping me more because you know all about this stuff. Could just, I 3D print myself a safe?
1: Um, you probably could print the uh, components from from a lock, but I don't think it'd be quite flimsy mm. <laughs> it all be made yeah. of plastic. Someone just yeah. punch it and it Just breaks. ruin everything you've got. Though. It's just unstealable. Like, I think I honestly think there's just so much... Shit in my house. They wouldn't know where to start. They'd be like, "I've got no idea what any of this is."
2: Was it I've Shola got, Ramiobi I've, who thought I've he got, got burgled, but it was just his house was untidy. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah, was it him? It was one of the, it was Someone like that, wasn't
1: it? It was. It was one indeed. It, it was indeed Shola Miobe. Um, uh, uh, Ed, um, uh, my friend and friend of the show, Ed Stern, um, uh, has sent, um, me, you, uh, and a couple of the people from the Ramble, um, a dad key. Speaking of keys and being a dad. I haven't seen this. A dad key. You've not seen it yet because I got it over Christmas. Um, He's basically sent a a small plastic bar, and I'm reading this off the text he sent me, about the size of a pack of chewing gum flattened at one end with a pin at the other. It was designed originally to be a Lego tool to unstick stuck blocks. Oh, I know it, yeah. But it is also perfect for scraping off limescale, being harder than limescale, but softer than porcelain. And to have that on your keyring, he says, is a badge of dad. It means that, is that a you're great a dad. dad thing I'm, I'm, so I love that all day long. I've got them. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hand them over uh, as soon as I get back to the studio. Is it actually um, a Lego product, Peter? It is a Lego product. Yeah. So it's just nice that I, I just like that someone's created that in Lego towers in Norway, Sweden, Finland, um, Denmark, and Denmark, um, and uh, they uh, yeah, and, and and they've created something, but but it's actually quite useful for something else, and people are buying it presumably en masse because it's just really useful for
2: just scratching That's things stuff. off yeah there must hmm. be a um, there must be a word for things that are invented for one purpose but then go on to become more super useful Superglue glue other... we talked
1: about before Christmas super
2: is a good example Superglue.
1: glue great yeah. example yeah condoms they were just they were just for fun they were just, just sticking on your head and blowing it up <laughs>
2: <laughs> little chat little re- throw back there to the chat on Thursday about Tom of Finland famous yeah. um, famous Norwegian
1: famous Norwegian artist,
2: artist yeah I wouldn't care. Like I use Tom and because because a lot
1: of like wrestling, doing a wrestling podcast, a lot of like wrestling stuff is like leather daddies and big muscle men and basically yeah. ravishing Rick Rude is a, is a Tom of Finland cartoon, big muscular yeah. kind of cut from rock granite kind of um, sexy man. Um, they're all Tom of Finland like wank fantasies basically. But yeah, um, hmm. yeah,
2: it's interesting the psychology behind that. I mean, apparently Tom of Finland, um, real name is a. Uh, Tuco Valio Laxonen um was was is officially the most influential creator of gay pornographic images uh mm. in history. Yeah. So he's he's made his mark on the world. He's, and he's that mark an <laughs> he's, he's made an impact piece, all I'm yeah? I was gonna say. They are very it, heavily stylized, kind of very um distinctive, instantly recognized. You that's know the thing, it's Tom it? Finland, yeah. That's the hallmark of a great artist, isn't yeah. it? That you know as soon as you see it, oh that's them. You know? It's just like it's just
1: absolutely amazing ink work, you know. Quite apart yeah. from the, you know, how fucking horny it is. Like, it just the actual kind of nuts and bolts, nuts and bolts. The actual nuts and bolts of it is is just really fucking solid work. It's great. the masculinity
2: element of like mo- a lot of modern kind of pastimes, such as like um, wrestling, like professional wrestling and MMA mm. and and boxing, actually to an extent as well. it always cracks me up and I'm I'm not an expert in this I have studied um, masculinity a little bit American masculinity a bit so I know a bit about it it's very very obvious and interesting to me how like almost like how deliberately ignoring of the homoerotic undertones that clearly exist yeah that people that the main protagonists within that sport will kind of do they'll go to so much rhetorical gymnastics in their own mind and mm. uh, 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 not understand that something that goes so masculine, yeah, is, is at the same time obviously so homoerotic. You know, it's, it, quite, it's quite interesting. You look at look, uh, an example. I would say, and you know, like I say, I'm not an expert in this, but just I'll just put it out there for your for your comment. Like, there's actually no real practical reason why um, MMA fighters need to wear such small tight pants. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah.
1: Well, is like, it not if, just like grabbable? Is it, is it? Can you not? just Yeah, grab but them I mean,
2: there? you can still grab them. I don't, I don't <laughs> think you're allowed to grab them in the in the laws of the sport anyway. Right. okay. So if you if you are, or if you aren't, they're still grabbable. Mm. You know, you might as well do what the what the um, ancient Greeks did, just be naked. Yeah. I mean, they're beating they're beating seven bells of shit out of each other. It's an adult sport. Just get just take your clothes off then.
1: But you would. Would you not put? What if someone punches you so hard you shit yourself and your willy is really small? <laughs> because like your willy's going to be small because it's like um Have they
2: thought of that? You willy you always get a small willy when you do sport. Don't exactly,
1: you? yeah. Well, I um on one of the a YouTube comment that we got on the WrestleMe um YouTube page um made me laugh because um, me and Mark were discussing like what what do you know what do wrestlers wear underneath? Um you know, what's this kind of weird kind of pants that they seem to wear underneath their 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 jackies? And um and they said it's it's interesting these two blokes are um a, clearly not gear and clearly not jocks either because they've never heard of a jock strap. <laughs> <laughs> we sort of, yeah. What is that piece of machinery that makes it wear? I used to find I, I could <laughs>
2: never, when I played football, I could never wear a jock strap. It's too uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, I, 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 I really, don't really... really,
2: basically, your whole bot, bot bot is exposed.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean,
2: what? You were wearing some, you were wearing shorts. Yeah, so well, you, I, no? wear, like, I always wear like compression shorts, like yeah. really tight, like yeah. underarm All compression compression. Yeah. But, but, the, but the point, I'm not trying to make any kind of, um, you know, I'm not trying to be um, pejorative. Right? I'm not. I'm not trying to judge anyone. I'm, I'm just mm. saying it's quite an interesting aspect. I would say, you know, the hypermasculine world of, say, organised crime or gang violence and stuff. It, there's a reason why, and you can you can apply it to kind of so many areas of life. There's a reason why, like men like playing the guitar, and the guitar is shaped as it is, and mm. why ca- cars are shaped like they are, why yeah. guns are like they are. They're all yeah. basic extension of the penis, right? Yeah. It's, that's the truism of it, and I think so many people are unaware of that idea that it's a show of hypermasculinity, which in itself is a celebration of like the phallus, which in itself is you know, you know, linked to like homosexuality and stuff. It's it's just yeah. part of it, and mm. I, and I think that you, you can you can be someone in this current society in the West that can go and watch MMA with your mates and you can go and have such a hyper-masculine time and watch two men fight each other for basically male dominance in a pair of tiny pants, and they're (laughs) absolutely ripped, and you can say, this is the most manly thing you can do. Yeah. Well, I just find it an interesting concept, that's all. What's the least manly thing you can
1: do? That's the question. Probably do a podcast, I'd say. Probably do a podcast. (laughs) Podcast talking about manly men.
2: Yeah, to, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm honestly yeah. not trying to ascribe any kind of value to it whatsoever. Just an observation. And on that night, I think we should have a break because yeah. when we come back, we've got a great email from our friend Martin.
0: Ta ta. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, get 20, 20, get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So
1: Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
0: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do,
1: And we're back. And let's do some emails, guys. Let's start the year um, the, 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 uh, properly, to be quite frank. Yeah, I mean, and before yeah. we get
2: to Martin's email, which I have mm. trailed there, and I always do yeah. this, and then we get de- derailed and distracted. Yeah. Um, in my defence, it is quite difficult to stay on message when I'm doing this with you, Peter, so it's partly on you. Fair, fair um, Before we get to, to Martin, Tom's been in touch and says, Hi, guys. I hope you had a fantastic festive period. I was walking in the sunny area of Cheadle Home. I think that's how you that's- pronounce it. Nope. Cheedle Hulme? Yeah, Cheadle Hulme. That's, uh, yeah, in, where, that's is,
1: where my sister lives. Port, is it nice? She lives, on, she lives near um, U-Tree Road. That's a, that's a shame. Oh, right.
2: Cheadle Hulme sounds like it would be really nice. Um, mm, okay. Anyway, Tom says, I came across evidence of Pete's Christmas adventures. <laughs> and what he's done is he's included a photograph he's taken of what looks to me like seven empty bottles of Gavascon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Is that, what that is seem- the story there? <laughs> um, it says like one,
1: two, three. Are they all empty? Because they're not mean, big, bottles. G- to be fair, they're not big bottles. So someone's had a quite, quite a hell of a night of it, to I would say. You,
2: here's the question: Do yeah. you think that Gavascon is a high valuable, highly valued kind of thing to steal from, like a pharmacy or something?
1: At one point, um, sort of post-COVID, they were actually quite hard to um, come by, so they probably were quite valuable. So
2: someone steals them. Maybe so someone steals steals them stole, stole them, run off with them, and dumped stashed them, stashed them. Because when I worked it's at the supermarket, to when I worked at the supermarket, it was nappies, razors, batteries, razors, bottles of whiskey. Really.
1: Now it's formula.
2: Is it, oh yeah, formula has got security tags on it. Formula's it? a yeah. big one. Yeah, I can't I mean you know this is the woolly woolly liberal in me. I cannot imagine what it would be like to not be a full formula for your baby. That's just awful. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. um that's that's probably a product of of society perhaps. Um but yeah anyway look Tom's included the photo. It's seven bottles of Gab's gone. They might be empty, they might not but They've been dumped in some kind of bush somewhere. That's littering. We don't support that, <laughs> but we'd love to know the story behind it. Is it, is it kind of like a British version of the purple drank, codeine cough syrup? <laughs>
1: Maybe, back in the yeah. back in Maybe, the, um, yeah. the rap
2: scene, back what in the um... mi-
1: what would you mix with Gaviscon? To... I mean, it's, it, it goes down easy. That's what it's designed to do. Very oh, yeah. easy to drink. It's, it's very I... quaffable. this Gaviscon?
2: I'm not going to go on this um, on this show in, and and support the use of recreational drugs. But what I would say,
1: I'd rather it... see bottles of Gavascon rather than those little hippie crack uh, vials. Like
2: at the age I am what I would say is I quite like the idea of going to a club watching some music and just drinking cowpole <laughs>
1: <laughs> It's tasty, isn't it? It is tasty, yeah. It's, it's uh, just a bit slowly from sleep, yeah.
2: What's Luke up yeah. to? Oh, he's in he's in he's, Houston on the sizzurp. He's got into
1: he's got into purple drank. he's, he's yeah. found it very hard to find those sort of very eatable chewable um uh polystyrene cups that, that for some reason they insisted <laughs> on using. <laughs> I love to you know what I,
2: I there's an ambition I've got and it involves me rocking up to a crime scene, and I'll be honest with you, it's a serious crime scene. Uh Uh-oh. In a long coat and a nicely fitted suit, someone holding the police tape aside for me, and I'm holding a polystyrene cup of tea or coffee, And I just sit from it and have a look around, and everyone's like, everyone defers to me as the expert, like the, the the great detective.
1: And then they catch the lights shimmering off the 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 your the the world's milkiest tea, and they go, "Sorry, this man just wandered <laughs> on the crime scene. He can't possibly be a detective. He's got no moral
2: fibre whatsoever. He's got Drinking a tea at all. that that milky. <laughs> um, I just like I just like to do that. It'd be quite a good thing, wouldn't it? Yeah,
1: yeah, it would be. Yeah, I think I think I. You know what? Turning up, someone waiting for you. It's only, I think it's only ever happened where I've never turned up to something where I've I've had a skill, where I've had a skill that no one (laughs) else has has got. And I think it's only happened a few times and it's when I've done like filming for something and they're waiting for me and I'm the only solo presenter there and I'm, you know, interviewing some some people or whatever. And and everyone's waiting for me and I get on set and, and everyone's waiting for me and they can't do it without me. You know, they could easily yeah. book anyone else who was better. But at that yeah. point in time, at you know, seven o'clock in the morning, they, they, they've they got me and I'm afraid they're going to have to fucking, you know, lump me. Um, I know what you mean. And it, and it it does feel good to sort of go, I've got, I'm not good at this, but I've got, I, I've, I'm i doing a role that no one else can do here, I would say. Like
2: an emergency surgeon or something.
1: But then you probably feel the exact same way if you're an electrician or a bricky or, or literally have any job, have, have it. any it would skill. Feel good. Yeah. It like, yeah, good. but it, but if you turn up as a Sparky and someone's lights are off, like you are giving them so much, with and yeah. it could just be a broken circuit
2: breaker or something, you know, a trip circuit breaker, and they just don't but understand what, like you know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'll have a go. Um, do you know, I, I had a similar thing when um, I started off as an AEP on Talksport, right? Just mm. around the time when the Ramble first started, I was just answering the phones in the studio, and I used to mm. watch. The that's what AEP stands watched...
1: for? Answer phone.
2: Yeah, yeah, I used to, yeah, fucking felt like it. Um, <laughs> I used to just watch the presenters like, how do they do it? Like, what's yeah. it like? How can you get the confidence to be at that stage? I used to kind of watch them quite closely. I thought, oh, I'd love to be there one day. And of course, that, mm. that did happen. But I didn't feel like the big swinging dick then. I no. felt like, no, um, okay, am I going to say something stupid live on radio? Are they going to miss a cue and let me down? It was always it's always very kind of um, it's very kind of robotic
1: yes like, yeah, yeah It's not, you,
2: you actually realize once you're in that chair and I was in a situation you know and I, I know I'm fond of saying it but I was doing a national radio that I was hosting myself live right mm. so it is kind of a high pressure environment yeah. no matter what you think of the station or the or the show or how good I was at it I was in that position and does um, it make
1: you feel better when you hear people not really trying <laughs> like, you're a bit like oh I could have just done that then if I'd played um, you know 100 games for um, Aston Villa
2: yeah exactly yeah. right Right. I think he played quite a few more than that but he is
1: yeah, right. he scored he's, um, he scored yeah. a surprisingly few for the record Premier League oh, that's,
2: that's, that's without question of course <laughs> um, and the um, I, I just feel like it, what I'm trying to say is I suppose that when you get into that position it probably doesn't feel like that anyway because you've got no. so much of a journey behind you and so much experience and all yes, that kind yeah, of stuff you don't really think that much of it and, when, and I, I do think that sometimes when when people say oh it was nothing don't worry about it anyone would have done the same kind of thing Sometimes it's phone modesty, of course it is, but a lot of time it is a bit like, okay, well, this is just my day, so yeah. I'm, I'm getting through it. You know, it's it's, yeah. it's it's kind of a difficult thing to to handle. Um, Stuart, that was going back to what I talked about on Thursday about Stuart Lee. Um, he was he talked about how COVID really affected how he related to the public. Like right beforehand, he would be like, "Oh, when people come up to me, I don't really want to talk to them. I don't really want to engage. It's not. I don't see it as part of the job. Blah blah blah." And then after COVID, he said fucking hell like my audience just disappeared overnight
0: yeah like, i was faced yeah.
2: with the reality of never basically my trade is to stand up on stage and talk about stuff i could possibly never do that again mm. and so he said like completely flipped it around he like he definitely takes the time to speak to people and stuff now so i totally understand that anyway mm. um i um did say that we we're going to read an email from martin and we'll round off the show doing it uh, he says hello luke and pete listening to your between christmas and new year waffle rude about brown sauce did we talk about brown sauce you can have it on a potato waffle but not a um nilly waffle. Yeah. Mm. Belgian one. Belgian waffle. Um are you an HP guy Peter or daddy's guy or what what nah, are you? I
1: nah, don't, I don't I don't mess with the old uh, brown sauce. I find it all just very pedestrian to be honest. It's not oh, a, I, good, I am a, yeah. it's I'm thrill seeker. Huh? No, I just <laughs> I'm just uh, the old, uh, the old hot sauces, usually. Thank you very much. Because yeah, they like... have the same sweetness. They have the same sweetness that you get from brown sauce, but they've just got a bit more to them, I would
2: say. I thought you say. Yeah, fair enough. Um, he said, It brought back a horrible memory from a party about 10 years ago, says Martin. A buffet table was set out and everyone had eaten, and then mm. people helped themselves to desserts. Me oh. and the wife I have access to and another friend was stood having a chat and a drink near to where the food was. Another lady who none of the three of us knew arrived at the buffet table got herself a huge slice of cake and then picked up the brown sauce and covered the cake in the stuff. We were obviously speechless and can now tell the story whenever we see brown sauce everywhere. Anyone for cake? Martin. That's got to be a mistake from the person, surely. Yeah,
1: I, I, I would probably agree with you on that one, to be honest. Yeah, It can't I
2: mean, be the, the, be the behaviour of a rational actor, can it? <laughs> it's, it's a little
1: bit like that man who comes out the toilet in that German music festival and washes his hands in the urinal. And and he suddenly goes, this isn't the sink, is it? It's the urinal. Like Borat, and, basically. It's Borat
2: vibes, that. Is that what Borat does? Yeah. Borat, well, Borat right. does, does he try to take a poo in the urinal? <laughs> right, okay. Fair Something right, like that. Right, right. Borat, I mean, the um, thing is, yeah. speaking, of, speaking of that kind of thing and, and being cancelled and the rest of it, Borat is still so good now.
0: <laughs> it's still
2: so funny. Like now. Yeah. It's so good at, high- because obviously I didn't get it back in the day, I just thought I was a fucking idiot and it's funny because he's stupid and he does mm. ridiculously stupid things that you would never do in public. But actually what he's doing, of course, is he's like subverting people's like inbuilt prejudices, right? They don't even know. And they yes. won't question the behaviour because they're like, oh, he's from Kazakhstan, I have no idea what they do over there. I've got no interest in learning about another culture, so I'll just be awkward about it. And obviously because people are British for the most part, they'll just um, they'll just not say anything. Mm. and it's such but, a universal thing.
1: his best ones were like in the US though weren't they that's, a, that's the weird thing
2: well, the US one's even more interesting because because they're more I, likely to sort of express
1: themselves you know correct. express their express their uh,
2: and I was say the prejudices are the prejudices are more exaggerated I would say yeah yeah um, yeah different anyway um, my, my uncle my late uncle bless him um, he he um, he always had an aversion to um, any kind of it's quite a weird one any kind of white-coloured, like, condiments, like mayonnaise, salad cream, et okay. al. I could because see that, yeah. they, when they he was they're at quite, school... they,
1: they look a bit like... They look a bit too kind of like... Like it's come out of something. Do you know what I mean?
2: Yeah. Like,
1: mayonnaise, I've seen, proper mayonnaise I've seen... doesn't look like that, does it? What does it look like? It's a bit yellowy or something.
2: It's just yellow. It's, it's yellow, be egg. And, right, okay. and oil and, and seasoning yeah. and stuff, and a bit of mustard, so it doesn't, it's not really supposed to look like that. Yeah, but he, the, yeah. His reason was that when he was at school once he accidentally put a load of salad cream on the dessert, much <laughs> like this guy, Mark, this lady Martin's talking about, and, and had a couple of spoonfuls, like, what the fuck is that? And it obviously set him for life.
1: In it, in it like people did, like, Sarah won't eat a um, cream egg because her brother said it was bird poo in the, in the middle. And, like, yeah. and she's just never been able to touch. Uh, but I've, I don't think I've got really anything that... I went off, I ate too many banana chips, like, dried banana slices when mm. I was a kid, and then just sort of didn't eat them again. Where not, are you getting no them fun. in Hartlepool in the 80s? Um, the um, the shop where you just have big bins and you scoop up, you, know, you scoop up and put it in a clear plastic bag. What you had one of them in Hartlepool in the eighties, like a Whole Foods. Yeah, well, well, back in the day, but it was like it was just saved on. It, it, it was like um, it was all off-brand stuff. But it was like, it went bust like in the late 80s, but like you would just <laughs> scoop up your own stuff. But it's it was, like your you're, right, y- you're right, it was very like, um, it got was very got like, got you bougie, just get like it? sugar puffs and stuff. Yeah, nowadays it's like, you know, low packaging, kind of like, you know, low, low carbon footprint stuff. But back yeah. then it was just literally, the stuff is cheaper, people just assumed you were paying for the box and the design and the and the, and the marketing and stuff. And it was just, you know, cheap fruit Loops and stuff. So you put yourself off? Put yourself, I put myself up by eating too many bananas. That, that's what
2: I did with smoking I was very lucky that um, when I was about 16 mm. um, I, I just you know just got started smoking a bit mm. and because my friends were doing it mm. and I just massively overdid it and yeah. I've never ever wanted a cigarette really since
1: yeah I, I've never yeah no, it's never it's never lured me in I always like the smell of it but never lured you, me what, in do you really even now yeah it's, it, it takes you back doesn't it? it's, especially these days proper nostalgic is
2: it I always get paranoid about my going near my baby um, Get
1: away from my baby.
2: Anyway, um, and I was just going to say, on your on your banana chips thing, I remember being on a flight once when I was about 11, and the in-flight meal came around, and I stuck. I got stuck into what I thought was a grape, but it was an olive, and I've never been able to eat olives <laughs> since. <laughs> yeah, you're an olive dodger, aren't you? Yeah. But then you don't like many sort of
1: vinegary. You don't like um, gherkins. And no, know. I like pickled onions, though. That's weird. That is strange. That's really strange. Yeah. Fascinating. We will sure study you. We will study you. Maybe you just haven't found it. Maybe like you got America. Get one of those ones you get in the Seven Elevens that are, like different hot flavors and stuff. You just maybe just not found the gherkin for you. Just leave me alone.
2: Mm. People, people who fetishize food like that just winds me up. Get yourself fetishize food. I'm just asking you to eat a gherkin. No, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about people who virtue signal about the fact that oh, yeah, I'll eat anything. Give me a right. fucking, give me a fucking bull's heart, and I'll and you know. D- drip some fucking balsamic over it and tell me Tom Kerridge cooked it and I'll tell you I'll do it get
1: fucked <laughs> get, fucking, some get a personality on it. of
2: your own get, get some salad personal- cream on it same as the people who talk about IPA all day just get a personality of your own <laughs> just think your own thoughts <laughs> um, f- f- before we wrap up um, speaking of my, my late uncle he also said one of the fun- unintentionally funniest things ever I might have told you about it before but I don't think I have Right. he's my mum's brother and we are at a family thing once might have been Christmas or whatever and the rat came on TV Right, and my mum, who's his, who is his older sister, said, "I'll turn it off. Turn it off. Les doesn't like rats. Right, he's mm-hmm. frightened of rats. Like winding him up or whatever. And but they're both in their fifties at this point. Right, it's not <laughs> like I was. I was. Yeah, you know, I was about twenty-five or something. And um, he was like, no, 'No, I'm not frightened of rats. I'm not frightened of rats.' And mum was like, issue are. issue.' Are. Exactly like, oh, yeah, what
1: a rat fr-. rat dodger would say. <laughs> He's frightened of rats.
2: Anyway, he got pushed to the brink of being like annoyed about it, just because he kept getting Mm. wound up about it. So he he just uh, this outburst came from nowhere. He just went, "I'm not frightened of rats. I'm frightened of a group of rats with one king rat at the front." (laughs) That's like that's the most specific phobia I've ever heard of. And it turns out it's because he'd read some novel, like some um, James Herbert novel or something, when he was a teenager, and it really affected him. Um, (laughs) And then you know, obviously, every kind of working class family piss take is you know, shielding and oh, masking yeah. quite it, a lot of deeply held psychosis isn't it
1: <laughs> it's uh it's um oh you greedy cunt isn't it, it's, is, <laughs> it that yeah, is that exactly. all over again is that all over again anyway take rat. us out of here Peter alright then uh, we'll be back on um Thursday um so look after shows um and we'll be doing that we'll go away we'll grow we'll learn we'll um touch um our own hearts and your hearts uh next time we we meet Delicately done. Well done. Delicately done. Definitely done. Thank
2: you. Yeah.
0: Show is a stack production and part of the ACAST Creator Network. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery, soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus,